Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by NASCO. NASCO is the National Trade Association that represents energy service companies, or ESCOs, and those who work with them, the ESCO community. Together, their community is built around efficiency, sustainability, resiliency, and optimization. And on today's episode, we sit down with their new Vice President of Government Affairs, Natasha Shaw. This was such a fun episode as Natasha and I discuss her background, why she joined NASCO, and we of course cover the upcoming NASCO R3 conference being held in Orlando, Florida, starting on November 7th through the 10th. And really one of the key takeaways for me on this one was Natasha's explanation of how NASCO is supporting state and local government efforts for energy performance contracting, especially as they look to capitalize on funding through the Inflation Reduction Act. It was also great to hear Natasha's experience attending the NASCO annual conference from her time working with some of the top ESCOs in the industry and how she found value in attending over the years. So we'll include a link in the show notes where you can find out more about the conference and how to register. And we, of course, we hope to see you there. And I know I'm going to be there, so uh, don't want to miss this one. It should be a great time. Now, we hope you're finding value in this episode and in our podcast. And if you are, we ask you to subscribe and share with a friend or a colleague. Now, we think you're really going to enjoy this conversation between Natasha and I. So let's drop in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Natasha Shaw, who is the new Vice President of Government Strategy with NASCO. Natasha, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jim. Excited to be here. Yeah, of course. I'm glad we uh, we made this thing happen. And if we have any new listeners here, NASCO is an organization that stands for the National Association of Energy Service Companies. So uh, we're glad to um, have them as a sponsor for this episode. And we're going to talk about the upcoming conference that's coming up in uh, in November. So we're going to spend some time talking about that later. But before we do that, Natasha, if you could, could you bring our audience up to speak? Just tell us a little bit about your background, you know, kind of where you grew up and then how you got started in your career. Absolutely. So I grew up in Louisiana. I went to LSU, Louisiana State University. Go Tigers. Um, I got an engineering degree. Yeah. Sorry, say that again. Big win this weekend. Yeah, big win this weekend. Uh, my husband went to Florida, so that was oh, even wow. better. Uh, <laughs> nice. divided. But uh, I got an engine, engineering degree from LSU. And, you know, back then, there was probably a handful of women uh, getting a degree uh, in engineering. So it, it, was, uh, it was awesome. It, it was great. A little bit about my background in the industry. So I actually started at Siemens. Um, spent 15 years at Siemens, and primarily I started in the building automation controls business. Um, they had a special program um, coming out of college where at the end of it, you can decide to go into sales and operations. So out of the 15 people, uh, 14 went to operations and one went to sales, and that was me. <laughs> Uh, there, and uh, it, it was it was fantastic. I, I obviously did very well in uh, sales and enjoyed that career. But I ended up in the performance contracting space really from supporting the building automation uh, team and then them saying, hey, we have shared customers. Can you help us out with some performance contracting opportunities? And it started with the county. And that's kind of how I migrated a little bit in the energy space. Then uh, we had the opportunity to uh, move to Washington, D.C. So I was in California when I started with Siemens. My husband decided to pursue a second degree in law. 
and um, it took us to DC. And I ended up uh, leading the federal ESPC business, which we had just won the two IDIQ contracts at the time. And they said, hey, we need somebody to kind of start this off and we think you'd be great for it. So uh, kind of built my career um, and that was great. And we were very successful. And uh, I had an opportunity to go to Southland and Southland's a large mechanical contractor. They wanted to get in the energy space. And I thought, what a great opportunity to start up an energy business. So I started up Southland Energy um, and then after uh, uh, probably three and a half years, I made the move to Norasco. And Norasco uh, is also a large player in the federal performance contracting business. And I led the efforts there. And it, it's just been a fun career working in the performance contracting space. And uh, now I'm at Norasco. So here right. I am. Perfect. All right. You brought us up to speed. So so tell us a little bit about why you, you landed in a role like this, because obviously it's different. Coming from the ESCO space, it's where you built your career. You decided to make a little bit of a change, a little bit of a shift. So, you know, what prompted you to do that? You know, a couple of things. I mean, my career um, on the ESCO side and anybody that works for an ESCO can attest that it's, it's definitely uh, challenging and it's hard and it's hard work. Um, you know, people have the option to do nothing. And when I say people, I'm referring to customers that have the option to do nothing. And so, uh, you know, although it's been a great career, um, I really wanted to make an impact um, supporting all the ESCOs. And, you know, Tim Monroe, who's our executive director, uh, you know, tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, Don Gilligan's going to be retiring. And, uh, you know, we need somebody to come in. And I thought this could be a great move for me to sit in the association, supporting the ESCOs, um, really fighting the good fight, I should say, in um, across the entire ESCO community. And so that's now where I'm at and I'm excited to be here. And I, I know that we'll have a great time working with the all the, all the different ESCOs. Oh, that's that's perfect. All right. So I know we have the conference, as I alluded to earlier, we have the conference coming up November 7th through the 10th in Orlando. So before we get into maybe the agenda or what people can expect, I'd love to hear your perspective, right? 20 years sitting on the ESCO side of the business, uh, probably attending more years than not yes. while you were there. <laughs> so tell us about your experience going to the show and kind of what you've gotten out of it over the years. Let me first start by saying that, you know, this this conference has been going on for for many years sure. and it's it's been it's been great. I actually the first time I went, I didn't know what to expect. And I just think the collaboration between the ESCO community and itself, um, it, it's just been great to collaborate on industry issues, you know, so. I'll be sitting next to the gentleman at the time next to, you know, at Johnson Controls. And we're talking about the same challenges that we're having, um, you know, in, in the industry. And then you have the ability to also connect with our affiliate members, which is typically our subcontractors and, you know, talk about what their challenges are as well. And so I, I've always found, and then, and then of course, there's also the financiers, which I think is also important to note. Um, and folks like yourself, Jim, um, you know, working with the recruiting side, you learn a lot. I mean, people don't expect that they would, but you would learn a lot just with the networking alone. And then, of course, we have the actual conference. Um, 
And if I could talk about the conference, I'd, I'd yeah. love to do that. Yeah, itself. of course. Yeah. So um, there's a couple of areas that I think is is really fantastic. So our ESCO members have the, uh, the ability to do the partnership forums, which allow us to basically do speed dating. And we get to meet uh, with our members. And, you know, again, it's about making the right connections and helping them make the right connections. But it's also discussing like business growth, or even just learning about a new product. And so I really enjoyed the speed dating. And then there's also the sessions. And, you know, I, I, I can tell you that we've had um, new ESCOs come into the sessions and I've actually had the opportunity to sit next to them. And even just talking about, um, you know, not, not projects per se, but like, you know, working in certain states or being able to execute work has been really good. And, and then we actually have the sessions that for this particular conference that would be worth highlighting. So we have an owner's rep session, which I think is a direction where we see a lot of the state and local governments uh, going where they're leveraging owner reps to really manage the performance contracting process. We have a session on that. We also have a session on the K through 12 challenges and then how to work through the state and local government issues as well. So I just feel overall, there's a lot of subject matter experts and folks that go to the R3 conference really come back kind of rejuvenated, like, okay, you know, I can work through this. Or, hey, I met this subcontractor I need to follow up with. That's perfect. Yeah, I think you teed me up for um, you know a conversation I know we wanted to get into. So as we're communicating with with ESCO members out there in the industry and, and non-NASCO members out there in the industry, um, some folks that we communicate with get a ton of value out of NASCO and they see everything that you guys bring to the table from a legislation standpoint. And then we have some other um, ESCOs that are out there that are non-members that may not understand the full scope of what you guys are bringing to the table. So if there's somebody out there listening that might Perceive NASCO, you guys are based in Washington, D.C. Oh, they're focused on the federal market. They're focused on large military projects. Um, tell us a little bit more. You touched on it, but tell us a little bit more about some of the state, local K-12 efforts that you guys are uh, focused on developing. Yeah, so um, there's quite a bit of focus on the Biden administration. And, and let me be clear, our efforts are not to actually advocate for the federal opportunities. Our, our objectives are to advocate for K through 12, state and local government, universities, um, that's where our focus is. So the Biden administration right now is very focused on clean energy and electrification, and they're playing a huge role in tying this into performance contracting. And when I say huge role, it's a huge opportunity. Right now there's an Inflation Reduction Act that has potential for significant funding around clean energy energy efficiency and electrification. And so there's tremendous opportunity for us to leverage tax credits, rebates that can fund or reduce long paybacks in a performance contract. So what we've been doing is actually responding to the Biden administration. And our organization has, NASCO has physically responded to the Biden administration saying, hey, use that funding and allow us to use it with performance contracting. So that money will make our help make our project bigger or give us an opportunity to reduce long, long payback uh, measures that we need in order to do a performance contract. So whether that's renewable energy, resiliency, whatever it is. So we're highly focused on trying to get those funds 
to support the state, the local government, the K through 12 universities of that nature. All right. So so another thing you touched on that I just wanted to pull the thread on here a little bit, as far as like where you see the industry heading, right? If we were to hover out, look at down the road five, 10, 15 years from now, you know, what are you seeing from your perspective? Because you got a ton of experience and you could probably apply that to the looking out in the future. And then, you know, where do you see Naesco's role falling into that that vision or that that future that you see? Yeah. So, I mean, the performance contracting uh, space in general is is pretty stable, I would say. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity out there. I do think there, you know, when we look the five to 10 years and it's already starting to happen, uh, a lot of public-private partnerships um, come into P3, um, are coming into play. And they're very similar to performance contracting in regards to performance guarantees or performance in general, and things of that nature. And really, you know, what I like to call kind of design build plus, you know? Um, And so when I look at the future, I think there's gonna be a lot more public private partnerships. And the reality is, you know, um, that's an area of growth and, you know, it ties in nicely with energy as a service as well. So, you know, I, I think from a performance contracting perspective, that's really where things are going. And, where the industry is going in. So when we look at five years out, I, I really see growth in that offer, in that area. And just, just for someone that might be listening to this, they're getting into the industry, they're just kind of getting started in their career maybe. Um, what would you say the biggest difference between a public-private partnership or a P3 project is versus a traditional ESPC? I know for one, like the the cycles or the guarantees are over a lot longer period of time. I know that might be one of them, but you know, what would you say are one of the other key differentiators there? Uh, that's a good question. So I, I would say a couple of things. Um, there's, they call them KPIs or key performance indicators that play a big role in the P3 market. Um, and I would say that those key performance indicators go above and beyond a traditional performance guarantee. From my perspective, it, it also boils down to bringing in the right financier that can support such a large opportunity. And I would say that a lot of our NASCO members that are financiers can support these kind of opportunities, but it requires the right partners. And so it's not just about the ESCO anymore. You know, you, you've pretty much got, uh, you know, two or three partners involved that really bring it, uh, bring the opportunities together. So that, that's a, a quick way to kind of explain it versus performance contracting, which is 100% focused on energy efficiency, the P3 expands that a bit um, and more of a design build plus energy uh, uh, space. So that's how I'd describe it. That's perfect. That makes sense. And and yeah, I'm sure we could do a whole separate episode on on talking about P3 specifically. So uh, we'll save that for the next one. All right. So let's transition to the last last part of the show here, Natasha. These are the same four questions that I ask uh, every guest who comes on here. And I wanted to lead off with what are your daily non-negotiables? So my daily non-negotiable is breakfast with the family. Uh, uh, it used to be dinner. It. Yeah, it used to be dinner. But, you know, uh, the reality is that gets hard, right? Uh, but breakfast as a family is a non-negotiable. We, uh, every morning, um, my son expects us to have breakfast with him. And uh, although we don't always eat, uh, we do sit with him. So it's great. Sitting down and spending the time, that's, that's the most important part, right? 
Yes. All right. So let's uh, let's rewind the clock. You're graduating from LSU. What advice would you give to your 22 year old self back then? Um, stay the course. Um, keep working hard. It'll pay off. Uh, you know, the reality is uh, it's a pretty male dominated industry. Um, and my 22 year old self was, uh, you know, kind of surprised by, you know, the challenges associated with being in such a male dominated dominated industry. Um, and sometimes it was hard to get ahead. So uh, the fact that I feel like I made it, uh, been successful, had a lot of success, I would also tell any other female 22-year-old self to stay the course, keep working hard, and and present yourself. I, I'd have to say I had a lot of great mentors along the way that believed in me and that, that played a big role. Oh, very cool. And what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning now? Accomplishing something. And, you know, I think now that I'm sitting on this side, it's not about profit and loss. It's not about the the proposal we won or the project we won. I am going to have to figure out how to be effective uh, to our members and them say, you know what, let's call Natasha. So I really want to be able to show value in the industry. I really want to make a difference. I really want uh, the industry to look at NASCO and be like, wow. This is fantastic. And that is my goal. So, well, that kind of ties into the last question here. What do you want your lasting legacy to be? I think it's pretty simple. I want to be an awesome mom. I want to be an awesome wife and, and I want to be an awesome friend. And, uh, that's what I want my legacy to be, you know, and as it relates to work, it's, it's all about, you know, being successful. So that's pretty much it. All right. That's perfect. I think that's a perfect way to uh, to wrap things up here. So, Natasha, thanks for being a guest on the Building Efficiency Podcast, and we'll see you in November. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, Natasha. Thank you. All right. There you have it. Episode 75 with Natasha Shaw. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. We hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues as well. And one last thing, if you have any future guests in mind from the industry, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.